Welcome to the Whole Health Empowerment Project podcast. This show is for women over 40 who are trying to create balance in their life when it comes to food, body, self-care, and wellness. You struggle to put yourself first, to maintain consistency when something isn't perfect, or maybe you feel like you don't have enough time or willpower to achieve the goals you desire. I'm your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian and nutritionist. I've worked with women like you achieve their goals by focusing on the next best step, no matter how messy, and meeting you where you are right now. In this show, you'll learn practical information, actionable strategies, and mindset tweaks so that you can feel healthier, more comfortable in your body, and make choices that work for your life. Come join me in failing forward one imperfect step at a time into the journey of health, wellness, and self-care. Welcome to your new project. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we are going to talk about something that we all encounter every day, a myriad of substances and chemicals in our environment that we are exposed to that could potentially have a profound impact on our health. Now hear me out here because I know that sometimes when I hear these episodes, like, ugh, what are they going to tell me? I don't really want to hear it. It feels really crazy. But we're going to talk about today this idea of these endocrine disrupting chemicals, so these chemicals that interfere with our hormones. And why we're going to talk about that are these chemicals are in our environment. And as I started looking into the different research about like plastics and to minimize our use of plastics, a lot of what coming up there was these endocrine disrupting chemicals. And so it kind of just led me down this like a rabbit hole of things that I didn't feel like I really wanted to know. But I I do think when it comes to our health, it's important to kind of know and have that knowledge about what the literature states, because right now we're living in a time where there's all of this research that is starting to come out about these endocrine disrupting chemicals, but the actual like, like regulations and who's helping us kind of figure out what's in what isn't really out there. So I think it's kind of important to figure out how to protect yourself because so much when it comes to our health, especially on this podcast, we talk a lot about like personal responsibility and things that you can control but there's probably other things. There's there's probably a lot of things that you can't control. And right now, these endocrine disrupting chemicals are one of them too. And so the idea of talking about it today was so that you can start to figure out like what they are, why you need to know about them, where they can be found, and some practical tips for trying to minimize your risk. Also, because these are related to hormones, we talk a lot about hormones on this podcast I thought it was kind of important to have this conversation today. We will probably do the plastics portion of the episode probably next week so that it wasn't too long. One thing I wanted to let you know before we start to dive in is that I finally updated my freebies. So you can find them over on Instagram at Whole Health Empower. And the two freebies that I have up there right now are five things you you should be doing right now if you're over 40. And then I have a new one about body love and how to get to a place of 
starting to have and change that relationship with your body. So hop on over there. You can grab those freebies if you're interested. And then also I will leave a copy of each of those freebies in the show notes. So let's talk about endocrine disrupting chemicals. What are they? Why should you even care about them? Well, they are chemicals or substances that can essentially pretend that they're your hormones or mimic your hormones. They can interfere with the level of your hormones. So you may have a higher or lower level of your hormones than you need to have because of this interruption from these chemicals, or it can interfere and block hormone production at all. And so why it's important is that they can disrupt the normal function of the hormones leading to adverse health effects. And one of the things I think that's really important to to think about here is that when it comes to your hormones, they're really important because they do a lot of different things in your endocrine system. And one of the things where is really important is fertility, reproduction. When you're pregnant, you're going to have an onslaught of different hormones. And what the research is starting to show is that even an extremely small amount or an extremely small interruption of those interruption of those hormones can have significant developmental and biological effects. The Endocrine Society has been doing a lot of research when it comes to these endocrine disrupting chemicals. And they say in their first scientific statement that there was evidence that these endocrine disruptors have effects on male and female reproduction, breast development and cancer, prostate cancer, neuroendocrinology, thyroid metabolism, obesity, and cardiovascular endocrinology. There's also clear evidence to show that these hormones, these chemicals disrupt our hormones and actually harm our health. And of course, because of that, they've been linked to male and female reproductive disorders, obesity, diabetes, neurological problems, including Parkinson's, immune disorders, thyroid disorders, osteoporosis, and any hormone-related cancer, such as endometrium, ovarian, prostate, testes, thyroid, osteosarcoma. And so remember when we're talking about hormones and when we talk about hormones on here, some of the common, some of the more common hormones we talk about here are things like insulin, which is produced in your pancreas. It's a hormone, right? You have estrogen and and progesterone that comes from your ovaries. You have testosterone. If you're a man, that comes from your testes. And you have thyroid hormones come from your thyroid gland. So these are some of the hormones we talk about here. There's lots of other hormones that can be impacted too. It doesn't matter once it's in your body, you're not going to really know where it's going to go to disrupt the potential hormone. And so why I believe it's important to kind of know a little bit more about this is that they know that these chemicals can disrupt these different organs in your body. And they also know that it doesn't take a big amount, especially if you're in a place where you are pregnant or you have an infant or a child, that it doesn't take a a big amount for that to happen. We also know that they are these endocrine disruption chemicals are everywhere. They're found in our everyday environment, that the science is 
there's more science than there is protection in terms of regulations. So just because the scientific evidence starts to grow, it doesn't mean that no matter where you live, you may not have that protection from your endocrine disrupting chemicals because essentially the research is coming out, but then it requires lawmakers to really advocate and make some changes to change what is in what is in our supply. One of the things that's important to remember about these endocrine disrupting chemicals is that as per the Endocrine Society, there are nearly 85,000 man-made chemicals in the world, many of which we all come into contact with every day, and only about 1% of them have been studied for safety. So 1% out of these 85,000 man-made chemicals have been studied to see how safe they are with humans. And that at least 1,000 of those 85,000 of those chemicals, the very minimum 1,000 of these are probably endocrine disrupting chemicals, and they're probably going to interfere and have some impact when it comes to our hormonal health. But because they're not studied, we have no idea. We think that we're beginning to understand a little bit more what they can do in our body, but there's still a lot of chemicals that haven't been studied, so we don't really know what the longer-term implications look like to us. So let's talk a little bit about, we've talked about what these chemicals are and the negative impacts that can have on your health, but let's talk about some of the common sources of these endocrine disrupting chemicals are. Well, they're everywhere. And so you are going to see a lot of them in plastics and you're probably going to hear about them in terms of like plastic containers that come in, that you put in the microwave or that come as fast food. You're also going to hear about them in terms of like putting plastic in the dishwasher. So we know that these plastics contain some of these chemicals and that as they are heated, they can leach into the food and beverages. And then as we consume them, they then get into our body. And then we now have these endocrine disrupting chemicals in our body. We will talk about next week. We're going to dive deeper into the whole plastics part of that because I think there's so much information about that that it probably needs to be its own episode. We know that it is in pesticides and herbicides, so that these certain pesticides and herbicides that are used to maintain agriculture, that residue from that can go up the food supply. So as we consume those foods, we also get those chemicals into our body. There are personal care products like shampoos and lotions and cosmetics and fragrances that are synthetic and essential oils that are synthetic that we can perhaps get some endocrine disrupting chemicals from that. There are some household cleaners that are known to disrupt the endocrine system. What's scary about household cleaners is that not only can you get the chemical in when you're inhaling it, when you're actually cleaning, but the residue from those chemicals can stay on the surface and then reinfect you or have another possibility that you can get that chemical into your body. We know that food packaging, especially, you know, food that you get that's out that that is packaged with plastic, or especially if it's BPA containing, can have residue on it that is, can be um, an endocrine disrupting chemical. And that as as you're taking it apart, it can transfer to the food and then you are then consuming it. 
There are different chemicals used in electronics, clothing, furniture, sofas, mattresses. There's a lot of these like stain-resistant clothes and stain-resistant couches. And we know that a lot of those chemicals that are used don't exactly stay on those particular products and that they leach out. And then for us, they can come in the form of like dust or food that then we end up consuming. We know that there are industrial chemicals, commercial chemicals that are being used because they're non-flammable and that they also probably have endocrine disruptors in them as well. And a lot of this, remember, is that it's going to be according to your environment. So the environment where you live, the environment where you spend some time. So a lot of the research here is going to be based on U.S. data, but know that where you live, this problem is globally, and it's not just a U.S. thing. It's a, it's a global, it's the whole world. And so there's going to be some people, depending on where you live, that are going to have an increased risk and how safe your food supply is, all that's going to impact your risk level. So just so that you know that, it's everybody is exposed to different amounts according to location and what their level of exposure is. We know that there are some of these chemicals in the different toys that are made out there and that there are these, and we'll talk more about this next week, but there are these like liquid plasticizers so they are basically in medical tubes. They are in like nail polish and hairspray and different things like that that are also at risk for being um, an endocrine disruptor. So now that it, you're scared to death and you're like, holy shit, what do I do? How can I decrease my risk? Let's talk about that. So we're going to kind of go through some of the ways that you can start to minimize your risk of some of these chemicals in your everyday life. Now, knowing that, again, there's only a small percentage of these chemicals that actually have been tested. And so this is based on the information that we have right now. And as they start to study more and as countries all start to kind of catch up in terms of their policies, some of this can be different. But for this point in time, some of the recommendations we're going to kind of go through are from the Environmental Working Group. So this is a group. They're called the EWG. And they are very present in the whole like environmental world and how to decrease your risk of different chemicals. And they have a website and I'll put all that in the show notes. So some of the things that they say are that we in the U.S. have rules, but that each country has their own rules and regulations of what's allowed into the country and different things. So just kind of note that as we're going through this list. One of the first things that they say is using a water filter to try to get rid of any of the chemicals that can be in your water or to prevent chemicals from getting into some of your different products. The next thing they say is organic fruits and veggies. And this is the idea behind this is to limit your pesticides and herbicides. Now, I know that I can't afford doing organic, all organic fruits and veggies. And so I don't do all organic fruits and veggies and you don't need to for everything. Every year, this EWG releases their Dirty Dozen, and their Dirty Dozen is essentially the fruits and veggies that are in the U.S. considered to be the most, that have the most herbicides and pesticides. 
And I think the more important thing here is that you know that if you're eating any fruits and vegetables, that you want to wash them, especially if they don't have a skin on them. They tend to be a little bit dirtier and more at risk for landing pesticides and herbicides residue on them that are potentially toxic. Some of the some of the dirty dozen, so the dirtiest fruits and veggies for 2023 were strawberries and spinach and kale and mustard greens and collards, peaches, pears, nectarines, apples, grapes, bell and hot peppers, cherries, blueberries, and green beans. And so this group essentially goes through all these different items and they check the levels of pesticides in them and then they compile this list. But knowing also that this is just a U.S. list. So wherever you may live, you may probably have a different, a different amount of your herbicides and pesticides. But if you do get any U.S. foods imported, especially these foods, just know that for sure you probably need to really make sure that you're cleaning them well. Some of the things that they found with this dirty dozen was that there were at least 50 pesticides, 50 different pesticides were detected on every type of crop that 90, more than 90% of the samples of strawberries, apples, cherries, spinach, nectarines, and grape tested positive for residues of two or more pesticides and over 210 pesticides were found on dirty dozen items. So what they say, or what I would say to you is that if you can't afford to do organic, that you would pick the foods that are on this list that are, and again, you can probably find this, it's the 2023 Dirty Dozen, that it's usually going to be foods that are, that don't have a protection on them, like your strawberries, your spinach, your collard greens, peaches, pears, apples. Those are the things that you want to either buy organic if you can afford it. But if you can't, make sure that you're able to really clean your fruits and veggies pretty well. I know for me, my son loves apples and pears and we have them in our house a lot. But, you know, we're on a budget, so we can't always afford to get organic. And I wouldn't get organic of any of the foods that are more protective. But if I couldn't get organic, I would make sure that I that I always washed my fruits and veggies. Um, and that's what I would say to you. I mean, the guidelines here are trying to get rid of some of the, the, the pesticides and the herbs on them is that you're rinsing your food under um, running water. You want to... You, I want you to know though too, it's not going to get rid of all your pesticides. If you have something that is like a thicker, like, or stronger produce that you can use a veggie brush for like potatoes and carrots and cucumbers, it can help remove some of the dirt on them and also some of the residue. You can soak your fruits and veggies in water with vinegar or baking soda. You can create a, a solution of water with either vinegar or baking soda to help soak your produce. So you would mix one part vinegar or baking soda to three parts water and then soak them. And this can help remove some of the pesticide residue. If you have any fruits or veggies that have like outer layers on them, peel them and remove the outer layers. And that can help reduce the pesticide exposure that's on the outer layers. But know that you're going to probably lose some nutrients too. But the goal here is to protect you from the chemicals that are on the actual fruits and veggies. You can also buy a fruit and veggie wash and you could essentially those kind of washes can help get rid of some of the pesticides. For a long time, I never used one because there was one years ago that they ended up taking off the market that I was using 
and they thought that that was doing more harm than good. So I think it scared me for a couple of years to not buy them and just to really try to run them under running water. But more recently, Trader Joe's has a wash that I use to clean my fruits and veggies. And then consider buying from the clean of 15 is the opposite of the dirty dozen. So if you're trying to figure out where to spend your money and allocate your money when it comes to your budget, which ones are you going to buy organic if you can afford it and which ones don't need to be organic? So the ones that are part of the dirty dozen would probably be the preference of organic. Again, most of these, if you're trying to get a list of the clean 15 and the dirty dozen, I will leave a link in the show notes, but you can also find them at the E, what is this? It's the EWG, so the Environmental Working Group, and you can type in 2023 Dirty Dozen and you can find more information about that. Some of the other things that you can do to minimize your impact of these endocrine disrupting chemicals is to find fruits and veggies if they're fresh that's the way to go because you're not going to have any of that packaging on it. We know that some of the packaging, especially if it's, if you turn to the bottom and it has a recycling label number seven, that's going to be higher amount of these endocrine disruptors that you don't want. So you're going to try to avoid any of the plastics if the food is in those plastics that have the number seven on the bottom of them. And then also you can buy frozen. Frozen is always a good way to go. And then they also talk about in here when you go to the grocery store to limit using receipts because they say a lot of the receipts can have like these endocrine disrupting agents and chemicals on the receipts. So they also say to do that. In terms of what you can do in your home, well, using glass containers instead of plastic is a big one especially if you're going to be microwaving those food items. You don't want any of those compounds or substances to come out into the food. So I would say to store any of your food in glass containers and also reheat them in glass containers. It's so interesting. My son, I have glass containers for work, but my son, I just get him these like cheap plastic containers. And then I started looking at it and I was like, I probably should get him some like non, you know, like some glass or silicone containers and they're really expensive. So I have to really like dig in that and figure out what a solution is going to be for us. But it's, I didn't even think to protect him. I was so worried. Like I, I didn't even think about it. I think I thought because he doesn't usually heat up his food, it probably wouldn't be a big, big deal. But the more I'm looking at the research, the more I'm thinking that I probably should invest in something that is either glass or silicone for him as well. Also avoiding any plastic wrap made from PVC. So you're essentially going to look at the bottom of the plastic wrap. And if it has the number three on it for recycling, try to avoid that. Some of the other ways that they say to really protect yourself in terms of these endocrine disrupting chemicals are to watch in terms of what you're doing for your seafood and that they know that in terms of mercury, that it contaminates the air from when they're burning coal. So wild salmon and farmed trout ends up being good choices. Some of the other things that they talk about are avoiding nonstick pans, as well as stain and water-resistant coatings on clothing and furniture and carpets. And they say 99% of Americans have these chemicals 
in their body because they don't break down easily in the environment. So remember, all of these recommendations are based on U.S. statistics, but I suspect that a lot of this is transferable according to where you live. So that's the big ones is skipping your nonstick pans. I actually was listening to like an art, like something on, um, on national public radio. And they were talking about, it's really interesting. They were talking about the way that clothing is made and some of the more affordable cost-effective clothing and how a lot of that clothing has chemicals in it and that there's no way to really protect us because it depends on the origin of where the clothes came from. And if the clothes are like shipped in smaller amounts, like now that a lot of these clothes are coming to our house directly, that there was no way that that you could really be protected from that because the protection is mostly when these clothes are found in like larger bulks. Some other things they say to do that can be really helpful is to think about when you're getting products to really pick things that are BPA-free especially when it comes to plastics for your storage and beverage containers. Start to read the labels and familiarize yourself with the ingredients in your personal care products and your household cleaners. And look for products that are known to be free from endocrine disrupting chemicals. Use glass or stainless steel when it comes to your food storage and drinkware instead of plastic whenever that's feasible. Minimize your use of canned food items doing what we talked about, like eating fresh for your fruits and veggies, and then doing frozen. There is some concern that if you are doing a lot of canned food, which sometimes can't really be avoided because I feel like they're more cost effective and they, depending on what your budget is, that might be your resource. But there is some concern that in the canned food that there is some, there is some BPA or some resins of something that can be harmful to your health on those. So maybe also like like limiting or like actually rinsing them through water or something like that would help. And then lastly, really getting to a place that you start to understand how this can impact you and that you're able to start really thinking about that because what I think is going to really need to happen is worldwide regulation. And so starting to advocate for stronger regulations in what is in our consumer products and some of the agricultural practices that are happening in the world and trying to figure out how we can help support legislation and any initiatives that are aimed at protecting our public health. As we close out this episode, reminding you that we talked about these chemicals today because they pose a significant risk to the human health and being mindful of everything of our everyday choices, we can hopefully start to reduce our exposure to these harmful substances. We know that just small disturbances in our endocrine function, particularly during sensitive times in our life cycle, like pregnancy and lactation, can lead to profound and lasting impacts for generations to come. And so by opting for safer alternatives and supporting policies that promote the use of chemicals that are free from these endocrine disrupting parts of them, we can take important steps towards safeguarding our own health and the environment for generations to come. So 
reminder, you can go over to at Whole Health Empower on Instagram and grab the two new freebies, or you can find them in the show notes. I thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. Don't forget to grab your freebie. You can find the link in your show notes or over at trishard.com. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you.